Hello, I'm Luke Fraser, and you are listening to The Tonic.
Earlier this year, I was over on the island of Gotland in Sweden, writing some music, but also meeting musicians as part of a cultural exchange program organized by the Swedish Arts Grants Committee. One of those was Anna Lindahl, a grand dame of the violin within Sweden, who has a career spanning work with the leading orchestras and ensembles alongside teaching and professorships. Over some seriously strong coffee at her rather lovely summer house in the remote south of the island, we chatted about the music scenes in Sweden and in the UK, about some of her many projects to date and her working practice. Having for some time opted out of the prestige life of performing with large orchestras and the like, she describes herself somewhat humbly these days as a freelance violinist, choosing smaller projects that appeal alongside engaging in arts research on interpretation, improvisation, and the relationship between tradition and contemporary reinterpretation. And it's all of those aspects that come to the fore on the album from which the piece you heard there was taken, and that was recorded with her violinist sister Eva, herself a distinguished musician with a standout career. It's called Berder, and it's the result of studio time spent in 2019 playing around, as Anna described it, to make a duo album with Eva based on our lifelong affinity as siblings. Both being deeply rooted in Western art music, she said, we wanted the record to present our love and ambivalence towards this tradition. And the one you heard there, Chikilda, is named after their Greek grandfather's hometown, with Anna having suggested that the piece depicts the separation, grief, and exile caused by upheavals in 20th century Europe. It was a real pleasure both to meet her and to discover that album, which is a real gem. As mentioned, it's Berder, and it was released on Disorder Plugged in 2020. Now, at what points do everyday sounds like a car engine, the rolling of a suitcase, or the scraping of shoe heels on a pavement become music.
That question then of when everyday sounds become music is one posed there by Stockholm-based composer Malin Bang in her piece Structures of Molten Light, written in 2011 for the also Stockholm-based Curious Chamber Players. It uses field recordings made in Paris, Stockholm and Tokyo, what she's described as fragments of street scenes that were analysed pretty forensically by the sound of it and translated into sounds scored for acoustic instruments. On a documentary level, she said, interesting and unexpected timings among city activities can sometimes occur, but my aim was to transform the material into a semi-fictional world, a staged version of the original urban movement, where parameters such as timing, dynamic and timbre have developed new dramatic significances with purposeful interactions. I definitely get that sense of drama in this piece, as though the instruments are involved in the turbulence of events both real and imagined. It's playful, kinetic and inventive in terms of textures and techniques and it's brilliantly recorded. The lineup of players, I think, is Hannah Tornell Vetermark, amplified bass flute, Dries Tack, amplified bass clarinet, Sophie Thorsborough, violin, Carolina Ehrman, cello, Mihelgren, cello, Anna Christensen, piano and radio, and Martin Weylander, percussion and radio. And it's taken from the album Structures of Molten Light and Spruce that was released on NEOS in 2018. Thank you. 
that piece, not Chopin or even a European composer for that matter, but the Haitian composer and virtuoso pianist Ludovic Lemoth, who was active in the first half of the last century. It's called Fouillet d'Album, number one, or Album Leaf. But yes, Chopin was his favourite composer, apparently, and he was noted for his recitals of his music, even patronisingly becoming known as the Black Chopin amongst music scholars and the Haitian upper middle class. A native of Port-au-Prince, he was born into an affluent and artistically inclined family and spent time cutting his teeth at the Paris Conservatory before returning home to write, perform and teach. He is considered one of Haiti's most important classical composers, and as this next piece hints, he often blended European formal styles with Haitian and more broadly Caribbean genres such as the merengue and, in this instance, the habanera.
Stanza number one, Habanera by Ludovic Lamoth. So if the focus of the first of the two pieces I played was predominantly European, then that Habanera speaks more directly to the Caribbean of Lamoth's upbringing. The Habanera itself has a long and complex history, evolving from the Contradancer and probably being introduced into Cuba by French immigrants fleeing the Haitian Revolution in the late 18th century. Interestingly, however, this mixture of styles and class influences in his music has been suggested by music scholars as reducing the class polarization in Haiti at the time of its writing and performance, opening up a space for shared identity across musical divides, which in light of the times would be quite a remarkable achievement. Meanwhile, pianist Selemen Dode, who you heard playing on those pieces, has been something of a champion of Haitian composers, being herself Haitian on her mother's side. The release they're taken from, Haiti My Love, features a range of works by Lemoth alongside those of his fellow compatriots Justin Ely and Edmond Saint-Ange. It's a lovely disc. And let me put in one not inconsiderable grumble that I cannot believe that piano music of that quality is seemingly not in print anywhere worldwide. Quite an incredible oversight really, and hopefully one that will be remedied in the not distant future. The album Haiti Mon Amour, performed by Selimen Dode, was released on Nomad Music in 2021. <laughs> Thank you. 
some fantastically kinetic playing there by the Borromeo String Quartet with the second movement from US-based Haitian composer Jean-Rudy Perrault's Zombie Origin and Evolution, a piece commissioned to accompany the film of the same name, along with an interactive art exhibition exploring the history of the zombie archetype both within Haiti and beyond. The project manifesto for those works describes how becoming a zombie or slave laborer is the ultimate punishment in Haiti, a country founded on slave revolution and intensely proud of its freedom. It was the world's first black republic, of course. And yet, no doubt many in the West are perhaps only aware of the zombie concept through the familiar Hollywood horror trope of flesh-eating, undead zombies that was effectively birthed with George Romero's iconic Night of the Living Dead in 1968, and that mirrors the depiction of traditional Haitian religion via evil witch doctors sticking pins into voodoo dolls and so forth, Allah live and let die. The Haitian voodoo zombie, on the other hand, whilst being an object of fear and the macabre, is embedded in specific traditional religious and cultural practice, being fundamentally tied up with the history of slavery in the country, and no doubt related, the question of free will. That second movement of the work, which translates as Stop Thief, depicts a thief running away with a victim's soul whilst being chased by a mob. It's got a fantastic sense of momentum and an almost brutal force with all those offbeat accented chords. And the fifth, which follows now, depicts the zombies themselves, people who have lost their free will and humanity and can only faintly hum.
a depiction of zombies in the Haitian voodoo tradition there by Jean-Rudy Perrault. That was Movement 5, Choral Zombie of his string quartet, Zombie, Origin and Evolution. And it was performed by the Borromeo String Quartet. They are Nicholas Kitchen and Christopher Tong, Violin, Melissa Reardon, Viola and Yesun Kim, Cello. The album Zombie Origin and Evolution, String Quartets by Jean-Rudy Perrault and Sabrina Cide Jean-Louis was released on Crossing Borders Music in 2016. Merci, mon Dieu, qu'elle est comme la 
lovely Haitian songs there, Haiti and Harvest Song that were arranged by Franz Cassius, a Haitian-American guitarist and composer who grew up in Port-au-Prince and who spent most of his adult life in the US, drawn there initially in the hope of meeting his hero Fats Waller and ending up performing with the likes of Harry Belafonte amongst others. And though he continued to develop that jazz influence alongside one of European classical music, his compositions really reflect a focus on Haitian music, which he incorporated into his recordings and his published compositions. Cassius himself said, I believe it is the artist's function to render articulately and with beauty the soul of the land of his origin and also the world that he experiences. As you may know, my work is considered an expression of the Haitian spirit. Yet, critics have stated, and this has been my hope, that it transcends regionalism and enters the realm of transnational art. And it's been pointed out that such a vision and a blending of cultural worlds can seem obvious from a modern-day standpoint, but as with the music of Ludovic Lemoth, in the context of Haiti in the early to mid-20th century, it was a far bolder and perhaps even shocking endeavour to imagine that Haitian culture, the soul and the spirit of the country, could be as relevant and necessary within the canon 
of international, by which we really mean Western art. Anyhow, the voice you heard on those songs was that of Lolita Cuevas, a Puerto Rican singer and actress who also occupies a central place in the canon of Haitian music for her interpretation of songs such as these. They must be some of the most beautiful and evocative songs from Haiti, presented here as lullabies and what is known as merengue de salon, the slow and stately dance of Haiti's past, which later evolved, I believe, into the faster merengue. The album they're taken from is called Haitian Folk Songs, and it was released on the label Smithsonian Folkways in 1953. Mum, mum, boy, and there's a coffee
Some gorgeous arrangements and performances there of two more Haitian folk songs by Natalie Joachim, a Haitian-American composer, singer, and flautist based in Brooklyn, New York. You heard Mamam Voyem Peza Café, which tells about a young boy sent out by his mother to buy coffee who is ambushed and arrested by the police. What will he say to his mother when he returns home? empty-handed. And the second piece was Legba na console. Legba, we console ourselves. Papa Legba is a voodoo god in Haitian folklore. They're taken from her Grammy-nominated debut solo release, Femme d'Haiti, or Women of Haiti, an album made alongside the Chicago-based and now sadly disbanded Spectral Quartet, sung throughout in Creole and also featuring flute and electronics. It was inspired by a visit back to Haiti in 2015, after the death of her maternal grandmother, in which she was struck by the voices of Haitian women across the country. In notes, she recalls how she and her grandmother spent time singing songs with one another. It was our way of telling each other stories, she says, and her way of passing on a centuries-long cultural practice. Her absence ignited a deep desire for understanding in me. In what ways did our voices connect with the voices of other Haitian women? What did our songs tell us about our past? And what might they mean for the future? It led her to researching the history of Haitian Creole songs, many of them sung by women during the most turbulent periods of repression and dictatorship in Haiti's history, as a way of maintaining music, language, and tradition. And in that way, for me, it sits in a really resonant space, somewhere between personal diary, family history, ethnography, and composition, all the time with one foot facing outwards into the wider world. It features a great use of strings and their blending with electronics, as with the best of these things, not so much to elevate traditional music or to make it somehow more accessible via Western add-ons, but really by creating a sound world which in hindsight always seems like it was somehow inevitable. It's a great achievement. As mentioned, that was performed by Natalie Joachim, Focal and Electronics, along with the Spectral Quartet. They are Clara Leon and Theo Espy, Violin, Doyle Armbrust, Viola, and Russell Rowland, Cello. The album, Femme d'Aiti, was released on New Amsterdam in 2019.
over to Ethiopia now and the utterly unique stylings of Emahoy Segway Mariam Gabru. That was The Homeless Wanderer, recorded I think in 1967. That's when the original release was from. Now just approaching her 100th birthday, she's become something of a legend since her re-release in the early 2000s for the Ethiopic series, bringing together several of her earlier recordings. Born into a wealthy Amhara family, she studied in both Switzerland and Cairo, where she was a standout violinist and pianist. Later, on returning to Ethiopia, she worked as a singer for the Emperor Haile Selassie, and along with her family, she was a prisoner of war during the Second Italo-Ethiopian War in the 30s. She was a feminist and a pioneer, the first woman to work for the Ethiopian civil service, the first to sing in an Ethiopian Orthodox church, the first to work as a translator for the Orthodox Patriarch in Jerusalem. But during the past several decades, she has lived a highly reclusive life as a nun, living barefoot in a hilltop monastery, giving only rare performances and focusing on developing her compositional voice. And that voice is almost like a blues-inflected version of a 19th century European salon music, Chopin and the like. Though she has said that the blues or jazz element is less related to the Ethio jazz that emerged out of Addis Ababa in the 60s, and more stemming from ancient pentatonic and modal chants of the Orthodox Church. And I wouldn't be the first to say, but there's just a great sense of timelessness and repose to her music. It is simple on the surface, but the details are subtle and quite elusive. There's no fixed sense of meter or timing. There's a freewheeling sense of pulse, and there's subtle variation in scale choices. It is very much a fusion of the musical styles of two continents, but it's utterly ground up, and there really is no one who sounds quite like her. The album Ethiopics Volume 21, Emma Hoyt Segway Mariam Gabru, was released on Buddha Music in 2006.
incredible techniques within that. That was one pitch, Birds for Distortion and Mouth Synthesizers, performed by Sophia Jernberg in 2016. Born in Ethiopia and adopted into a European family, she's an experimental singer, improviser and composer based in Stockholm and Oslo. She's an artist of impressively wide range, completely at home within the world of jazz. She's the co-leader of the group Parvo and a regular collaborator with the Fire Orchestra, among many others. She's also a go-to interpreter of contemporary scored classical music, collaborations with Heine Goebbels and Anna Forsfeld-Dottir, to name but two, alongside her work in the areas of experimental music and free improvisation. Though she grew up in Europe, she's retained a connection to Ethiopia, 
After a trip to Addis in 2000, she's incorporated Ethiopian music traditions into her work, as well as collaborating with musicians such as Hailu Mergia, a key player in the Ethio jazz scene of the 70s. And through all of this, she's developed a reputation for expanding the possibilities of the voice via techniques such as split tone, pitchless and distorted singing. And you can hear all of those in the piece just played. It was performed at the Resonant Bodies Festival, sadly now defunct, which served as a showcase for immersive performances by a range of virtuosic singers. But they did release that album. It's called Resonant Bodies, and it was put out on new Focus recordings last year.
dark and propulsive. That's Letu Sinega, the title track from the 2015 EP by Addis Ababa-based Ndwena Mulu, better known by his stage name, Ethiopian Records. He's often named as a key proponent of Ethiopiawi electronic, a grassroots genre fusing electronic with Ethiopian music, and one that in its innovation and experimental ethos stands in contrast to much of the more conventionally Western-focused generic dance music that can be found in the dance halls and clubs of downtown Addis. Drawing on Asmari culture in particular, Asmaris are entertainers who sing and play stringed instruments of the Ethiopian highlands. Ethiopiawi electronic pieces may often contain little more than a sample of a lyre or a lute, an Asmari vocal loop, and a beat. Yet they often have a restless, experimental feel that calls back to classic genres like Ethio jazz, whilst pushing forward in their own particular way. And as with the case of the electronic scene in Nairobi, as discussed in the last show, a lot of this recent innovation has been made possible by the increasing availability of cheaper production software, such as Ableton, along with MIDI controllers, drum machines, and the like, in contrast to the prohibitively expensive hardware of the previous generation. Now several releases in, having previously been signed to Washington DC-based 1432R, and now Warp Records subsidiary Arcola. Ethiopian Records has garnered media attention on both sides of the Atlantic, and along with it, the benefits and also dangers of being perceived as a representative of reductive pseudo-genres like world music. He's been vocal on that front. Such caricatures, he says, are born from the untrue, unsaid, unexpressed thought that everything that comes from the West is the pinnacle of everything, the top, the one thing that is happening in the world that is worth taking the time to enjoy, the only way forward and the only way to the future. Instead, he would rather encourage everyone, Ethiopians and non-Ethiopians alike, to put aside preconceptions, to, in his words, forget about all the labels, even if you found the music you were listening to through passing by this or that section in the music store. Forget about where you found it, close your eyes and absorb yourself in the moment. That EP, Letu Senega, was released on 1432R back in 2015.
just rather lovely. That's called The Shepherd with the Flute, and it's a homage to the key Ethiopian composer Ashenafi Kabid's similarly named piece, The Shepherd's Flute. It was written and played there by Gurma Yefreshiwa, the Ethiopian pianist and composer born in Addis Ababa, who went on to study piano in Bulgaria, where he developed a performing career as an interpreter of Schumann, Schubert, Chopin and Debussy prior to returning to Ethiopia in the 90s. Once back there, he started to become known as a composer, blending the styles of those European composers with elements from Ethiopian and East African music. That's in evidence to an extent on this piece and the album from which it was taken, 2004's Love and Peace, which features five compositions with echoes of Debussy, Ravel and Chopin set to Ethiopian folk songs. It was released on Unseen Worlds in 2014.
monumental. Returning to Sweden for the final piece of this show, that's the title track from 2020's All Thoughts Fly by Anna von Hauswolf, the Gothenburg native and daughter of avant-garde electronic musician Carl Michael von Hauswolf. Familiar to many, no doubt, she's a vocalist, organist, songwriter and composer whose work to date has hovered somewhere tantalizingly between pop, experimental, industrial and modern classical. And this, her most recent studio quote-unquote album, is the first to feature organ only, which feels like something of a bold move considering how prominent and distinctive her vocals have been on her previous releases. That organ is that of the Urgrit New Church in Gothenburg. It's a Swedish replica of the 17th century Arpschnitke organ housed in Hamburg, and it was built as part of a 10-year research project on constructing German organ building craft. It's also the largest organ in the world that is tuned in quarter comma mean tone temperament. Okay, rest assured, I'm not going to get into discussing tuning systems this time around. Small mercies, hey? She's discussed the physically demanding nature of the instrument. You are working with your hands and feet, she said, and you have all these stops that you are pulling in and out to make flute sounds or maybe trumpet sounds. If you are playing fast, it's like dancing. You have to move the entire body to make it work. Yet it seems to be these kind of instrumental challenges that really fire her imagination. It contributes inspiration, ideas, vision, ambition, she says, because I can never be bigger than the instrument. There will always be something that I've missed. I would need a lifetime with an organ to truly understand it, and I'm just meeting it for a brief period of time. It maintains its secrets long after I'm done with it. Thematically, the album stems from her experience and response to visiting the Sacrobosso or Sacred Grove Gardens in Vitrevo, Italy, known colloquially as the Park of the Monsters, and commissioned by Italian condottieri Pier Francesco Vincino Orsini as a shrine to his wife Julia following her death. A world away from anything we might associate with prim English country gardens, it features a series of gothic, grotesque sculptures set against a surrealistic landscape and seems designed to provoke perhaps uneasy reflections on the eternal themes of love, death and suffering. That mood, that sense of darkness, is clearly reflected across the album, though the title track, my personal favourite I think, is perhaps the most outward-facing, with its circular melodic figurations that seem to recall minimalist classics like Terry Riley's A Rainbow in Curved Air, and which builds to that cathartic final section. It's both detailed and monumental, and for me has that compelling ambiguity of being both uplifting and unnerving. It was performed by Anna von Hauswolf, organ, assisted by Philip Lehman, organ sound design. The album, All Thoughts Fly, was released on Southern Lord in 2020. So that's it from me for now. The Tonic will be back. Date TBC, but you can check the show's Instagram page for confirmation of that in due course. The underscore Tonic underscore. And do drop me a message via Instagram or via The Tonic online if you so feel like. Just to give a shout out to everyone at Threads, I'm Luke Fraser. Thanks for listening.